0: Hi everybody, I'm Scott. Hello, I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast.
1: Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface.
0: Yes, and uh, this time we're going to Pern.
1: <laughs> We're digging deep in We're this one. Deep, I think.
0: Burn, yes. <laughs> um, Dragon Flight by Anne McCaffrey. It was published in 1968. Yeah, and this, you know, we talk about you know stories and movies we love. Um, this is me reaching way back <laughs> to something that I absolutely loved as a teenager, and yeah. wondering uh, about does it hold up. And, um, so when I picked it, I I can tell you why I picked it. Other than that, it was just like, for some reason I was like, Hmm, let's try that. So, so yeah. how that work out for you? It worked out pretty good. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. Um, I, I do love it. Um, I, I think that the world is amazing. What she's created here, what Anne McCaffrey has created here is really something extraordinary, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like it. And I, I am eager to read. I, I don't think I'm going to read, like, I don't know how many novels it ended up being. <laughs> in fact, I know that Todd McCaffrey has been writing books.
1: Her son. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I was surprised at how much I did not remember. Just I remembered big beats. I read this. I would say probably fairly soon after it came out. Again, it's when my mom probably picked up off the grocery store kiosk thing and loved it, fell in love with it, read a bunch of the books as she kept coming out with them. And um, going back, I was like, oh, oh right, this part, of it, oh, that thing too. And so it was kind of like meeting an old friend and mm. getting reacquainted, and at the same time going, oh, you've got some wrinkles I didn't notice before. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, yeah. like, There's some stuff that's definitely 1968, not 2022. Oh, my. But it was a good enough story and compelling enough that I'm now going to go ahead and read what I would consider to be the other two main ones.
0: Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it
1: dragon quest that's after this one?
0: Yeah. Dragon quest. And then the white dragon
1: and then the white dragon. And then she wrote a bunch of others that she said she kind of did a CS Lewis. Oh, reorder them and Mm -hmm. put these first. I'm like, no, (laughs) don't need that.
0: Yeah. Um, The, you know, when I, um, doing research poking around on this, there's, one more trilogy that people recommend, and it's called Me. the Harper Hall trilogy. I don't know right. if you've read those, um, but I've
1: probably read some of them.
0: And I think that those may take place before this trilogy, but she wrote them after. So, um, but but yeah. other than that, I don't know that all of the novels are super highly regarded. I'm not even positive, but that's as far as I would go. But I, you know, these first three are what I'm really interested in i have -hmm. this old science fiction book club edition that has those three bound up in one not one book it's called the dragon riders of pern
1: i put that on my wish list after reading this first one i went why don't i have this in print so that other people can pick it up around the house and read it for sure um and Mm. so yeah i i know exactly the one you're talking about
0: yeah yeah so, something that's super interesting to me, you know, because I am a science fiction geek person. <laughs> I love it. What? Um, and I have, yeah, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Who
1: are you, really? Come on. Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's Scott. Right.
0: Oh, you bet. So, this, this story um, is broken up into two pieces. Um, there's a, a section at the beginning called Weir Search, and Weir is spelled W E Y R. And we'll explain what that is um, when we describe the plot. But that was published in Analog Magazine, um, edited by John W. Campbell uh. in October of 1967. And I have that issue because, of course, oh my I do. Gosh. Of course, one has that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yo, yeah. yeah. When me look through the stack of science fiction magazines in my closet... <laughs>
0: Um. So the the very interesting thing about that to me, and this may be interest no one else, but it is to me, is that analog science fiction, especially edited by John W. Campbell, is, was science fiction. It wasn't fantasy. Um, Right. Right. And Anne McCaffrey, you know, she would say that this is, these are science fiction dragons. They're not fantasy dragons. And... um. Mm-hmm. True, but it's a very fantasy-like world that she's created. But it, it's really, you know, for scientific reasons these dragons exist.
1: Yeah, and she was really good about explaining here's why the the red stars orbit, here's why these threads fall, here's why the, you know, here but it's predictable and you can make a chart of it and this, you know, the um the dragon's ancestors were naturally predisposed to do this. And so it was funny because I was reading something that was calling it science fiction. And I was like, what? And then I went, well, yeah, it actually is science fiction. It's just that it's really space opera.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah you could It's over the I'd, top I'd
1: romance, adventure, emotions, revenge. Things are happening like that but it's all based in a world that is an alien world with these creatures and this cooperation and symbiosis almost and all these things that are scientifically based and so i just was really impressed by that the fact that she went to the trouble to do all that
0: yeah 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 and it's a it's a rich world it it's uh it's a fun place to visit <laughs> in mm-hmm. my opinion you know Um, So, yeah. So, at the opening of this book, Dragonflight, if we describe the world just briefly, um, there are dragon riders that live in these places called Weirs, W-E-Y-Rs. And there are... It's like an entire society based around those things. There's holds and there are... um, other places,
1: Lords, lords of these lords, other places. Yeah, it's
0: very kind of a medieval feudal kind of a setup where you've got, um, you know, farmers, you so halls and holds and, and these, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the word for, uh,
1: guilds. guilds of, that's it, the word I'm looking you for. Yeah, you've got it, the master it, Harper and the master blacksmith. Exactly. And master whatever. And, right.
0: And these um, all seem to exist to, um, support, The Weirs. That's what tradition is, anyway. And the Weirs is where these dragon riders live. So at this point in uh, the history of Pern, there are six Weirs, but at the opening of this book, five of them have been abandoned. And it has been um, like for 400 years they've been Mm -hmm. abandoned. So it's been a long, long time. And. The whole reason that uh, dragons and dragon riders exist um, is legend at this point to the people that are living in this, you know, they, they hear stories about threads falling from the sky, and dragons exist to protect the planet from, from these threads, And but nobody's seen one. Nobody alive has seen one ever. Not even the Dragon Riders at all.
1: Yeah, because the threads burn anything they touch, and they also will somehow multiply as something that's alive and eat all organic matter. So if you don't stop the threads, you're not going to live yourself. So it's an interesting idea of this alien life that is not really life. I mean, it's life, but it's not thinking.
0: Yeah, it's like an alien spore or something, Yeah, you know. They're not. It's not making intelligent decisions. It's just seems to be like trying to find a better environment for itself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's doing a scientific thing, you know, or a scientifically explainable thing. Um, it's not evil. It just is. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and yeah, and so this uh, long. I mean, I'm thinking four hundred years ago. Think how alien that is to us. And we've got all these history books that have explained things, and people have been researching it. And they don't have that. They have, um, they've basically fallen into decline because um, there are no good records. Everybody's doing what they've always done, and that's not bad, but for the dragon riders it's bad because everybody else, or a lot of the other um, society members, the holds and the lords and everything, are saying, um, so why should we be giving you our best stuff first? Because you do nothing. You're a parasite on our society it's been so long. This is never happening again, and so there's this conflict because um, one of the most dynamic of the Dragon Riders, Flar, is saying, "Oh no, no, it's it's coming. It's every two hundred to four hundred years, and it's been four hundred years. It's coming. All the signs are right." And they're like, "That's an old song."
0: Hmm. Yeah. <coughs> so it's yeah. like if
1: we took some old medieval ballad <laughs> and we're trying to apply it to our modern lives. And somebody's going around going, and this is going to happen now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, of course, you sound like a kook.
0: Right, right.
1: And um, I read something where someone was saying that <laughs> some of the things we could talk about later, uh, th- they found them more excusable because they said they thought McCaffrey was going with a basically medieval societal mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's how people would have acted then.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and an interesting thing to me, again, if we reach back, you know, so these are, uh, this planet was colonized by humans, right? So Mm -hmm. at one point in the past, they had spaceships, and they landed on the planet, and they got off, and they realized that there was a danger here, and they genetically engineered dragons to take care of this danger, and, um, you know, so this is a society that was once extremely technological but has you said decline and that's the right word it it has lost all of that it's right. been long enough they've been on this planet long enough that they lost all those things and they are um you know in a medieval mindset like you said yeah right. and, and that's an interesting way to think about it because if they are in a medieval mindset some of this other stuff that occurs um you used the word forgivable <laughs> earlier. It's kind of <laughs> like that. It's kind of like, okay, well, if this is a medieval mindset, then yeah, maybe that makes some sense, you know?
1: Well, it does kind of help put a context to the idea that our modern focus is not going to be completely accurate for some of their attitudes, though I myself would say my modern focus looks at 1968 when this was written and goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> Books were written all the time with that stuff in them. Nobody even thought about it. I never did.
0: Yeah, for sure. You just kind of went, yeah. oh, okay. Yep.
1: So it's just a change in attitude.
0: hmm
1: Well, and it's, it sounds like these, what we're talking about is all these spoilers, but there's an, in my book, and I assume yours, there's an introduction.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting because it starts off with, when is a legend, legend? When is a myth, a myth? How old and disused must a fact be for it to be relegated to the category fairy tale? And why do certain facts remain incontrovertible while others lose their validity to assume a shabby, unstable character? And I'm looking at that Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about the world we live in today. And some of the new facts that everybody's come up with for that, that are, I feel unanchored and kind of. uh, If I say classical learning, that's it makes it sound like it's. I'm talking about Greek stuff, but I just mean. uh, I don't know in Western civilization and what's kind of always guided it. Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: It totally makes sense. I mean, and
1: Christianity is lumped in with that stuff, and so this question applied to this book, which is like all over the place, sometimes emotionally. You're like, whoa, I've got whiplash now. But it's the whole that's what they're arguing about. What's a legend? What's mm-hmm. a myth? Can we understand these old songs to really mean anything? Why are we still learning them? Right. How do we even understand it? How do we get back to what everybody back four hundred years ago knew was true?
0: <laughs> yeah, so they they've lost the reasons for stuff, you know, I, I heard right. a quote a long time ago that said, you know, once tradition is recognized as tradition, it dies. And it's because, you know, young people are like, you know, they rebel against whatever is normal and that's natural, right? Whatever is normal in society, you know, there's a rebellion against it, but there's always, you know, these generations that come up that are just pushing against what um, society has placed before them, right? And then I think
1: that's a modern thing. I
0: think you think it's just modern.
1: Yeah, I don't think people did that in medieval times. They used to respect the elderly and what they knew.
0: Interesting. Didn't yeah. mean they
1: couldn't add to their knowledge. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But it, it wasn't that you know the young, untried people are the ones who they're with it and they can overthrow everything. That's why tradition was valued so long.
0: Yeah, that's interesting to consider. But I wonder if that comes with it uh, a belief or a, you know, like with Christianity, especially, a lot of the pushback we get here in modern times about Christianity is well, first of all, they don't believe that the truth of it. And um, secondly, is that they don't know what purpose it's serving anymore. Mm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, uh, loosely connected to the book. You know, where here, yeah, you know, right. it's like they've they've created an entire society to support this thing that is actually vitally important in this book. <laughs> it's as important a thing as could be to the survival of people. But over time, they reject it um, because because they're they not, have no proof. They have no proof, right? Yeah.
1: And what's happening now? Exactly. I mean, it, it, this goes through waves in Christianity also, but since the Enlightenment, um, that's been the idea that if you have facts, then that proves that anything you can't touch and feel and measure is not really true either. And of course, that's that's patently untrue if you sit down and really start thinking
0: about it. Because science. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, wait, that's the Trump word. I forgot <laughs> it. You've trumped all my arguments. What is your well, science? Well, thank you. You
0: know, I've been practicing. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but but yeah, but that's yeah. exactly right. It, it's like, but if you, even if you take Christianity out of it, I mean, there's in, in Western society anyway, um, all these things have, didn't didn't happen overnight, you know. The, uh, well, if, if we right. look at divorce, for example, I remember I can't remember which pope it was who said, you know, if we if we start allowing divorce just at people's whim, this is what's going to happen to society. I think it was Paul the I think.
1: Yeah, it was humanitae. I think. Yeah, and because he was also talking about contraception and all these things. Yeah,
0: but here we are, right in it. Right in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, He's like,
1: women will be devalued. All these things will fall apart. Everyone's like, oh, what an old naysayer. You doom and gloom guy. Well, here we are. We're living in it.
0: Yeah. And we're, yeah, absolutely. Dealing with all of that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, so but it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, tradition. And I, I like the way, you know, when is a myth a myth and all that other stuff? That's, really interesting because i think we we are living in i I don't know you know i i love what you said about well this hasn't always been this way um because i do know like the middle ages lasted for a thousand years and there Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of societal change in that time it wasn't until the renaissance right where Mm -hmm. it's like the the jar broke or whatever (laughs) and the renaissance
1: is the one who called the middle, did they call the Middle Ages the Dark Ages or some whatever it, the other name is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that was the Dark Ages. Yeah, um, we're better, mm-hmm. and everybody went, oh, all right, yeah, we buy it. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you go, oh, wait, they were doing all these other things that nobody really talks about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, and I would have to. There, there are a couple books that I've meant to read for a really long time about that, but I've read various articles about it. I'm always surprised that, oh, this was all happening. (laughs) We're just sitting still in a hovel, which is what I think of when I think of dark ages. You know, Monty Python pulling the mud out of the fields.
0: (laughs) For sure, for sure. So, yeah, and um, another interesting aspect of this is that the society on Pern has been created to be mutually beneficial, right? Everybody mm-hmm. as a community has their role. And if we pull this off right, we're all going to be fine, right? It's like we're all dependent right. on each other. And what's happening at the time that we pick up this story is that people are questioning why should I help you? Um, you know, why should I be part of this community? Because you, uh, I don't seem to see your purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, yeah, so Falar is defending his purpose, but the thing is, it's a it's a well-oiled machine um, for the purpose that it was created. And again, this it's a thriving culture, thriving economy. If everybody just helps each other, right? We all exist for each other. And, yeah, um, that's yeah. true. And they're pulling away from that. That's what the state of the world at the beginning of this book is that that we're. Everybody's questioning that. Everybody's pulling away from that. And I say everybody, but then there are those that are trying to hold it together. But Flar, Flar, um, I'm not sure if we clarified that he is a dragon rider. He rides a bronze dragon. He's in charge, and he is defending his, mm. um, I guess, way of life. But, but what he's doing is he's saying this, this danger is coming based on everything that I know that's been given to us through the past, um, I believe that this is going to happen. And we need uh, dragons here to survive, and I don't even think we have enough dragons. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and yeah, he's right. He is absolutely right. So, but um, he
1: also is not really in charge, and so there's a problem there. He is uh, very um, dynamic and charismatic and all this stuff, And he knows what he knows, but there's somebody else who's in charge because the way it works is there's a queen dragon Mm. and the bronze dragons are the only ones fast enough to catch her and mate with her and whoever's, um, uh, it's like it's an empathic connection that each person has with the dragon that they've got. Um, It's like a partnership, but deeper than that. And so there's whoever the woman is who's with the queen dragon is always paired up with the top guy for the bronze dragons who made it with the queen dragon. So those two are running things and <laughs> they are not the best people. When we open this book it's, and that's part of why things for the dragons are in decline because the wrong people have been running things there. And of course that happens anywhere. And so he's very frustrated because of a lot of things, because things aren't happening. And then on the other side, we have um, somebody who's Lessa, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I guess is how you say her name? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's
1: how I say it. She's from a hold that was very powerful and contributed a lot of very good people to the dragon riders in the past. But they had been um, overthrown and all her family killed except her uh, years ago when a ruthless lord started acquiring nearby holds and taking things over. And so she's been working the whole time to bring them down from the inside. And um, when they meet is when Flar and his dragon riders are on, on search. They call it capital S because there's a golden egg and that means they're going to need somebody to be with that queen. Mm-hmm. And the dragon chooses the person. So they're looking for all the eligible young ladies who can come and be presented as candidates for the dragon. Mm-hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's kind of launches the story. And the interesting thing to me about that was Lessa was doing an excellent job of making her family's very important hold no good to the person who took it over. (laughs) And she was doing it through very, Mm -hmm. very simple methods. She has a certain degree of what they call power. And so she's able to, like, make somebody use the wrong spice when he's cooking, make somebody leave a little tear in a bag so it's all going to be rotten later when they go to look in the storeroom. And she's just doing all the small things mm. that when nobody's really paying attention and things are neglected, bring a household down or a country. It's that, uh, what, for want of a horseshoe nail, the uh, the kingdom was lost.
0: Right, right.
1: And, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought, in terms of us talking about it, this is the example of our own lives. When we let all these little things slide one on top of the other, suddenly we've got a huge problem spiritually. When you Suddenly you can't fight that vice very well anymore, or you can't advance in your relationship with God anymore because, oh, I've given him three minutes twice this week in prayer, or I've, I've been busy. And it's all, but it's all these little things that get in the way uh, because we're just not paying attention and taking care of the little things when we should. We're letting it slide.
0: Yeah, I love that thought. Very true. Yeah, when you have a garden, you don't leave a space for weeds. <laughs> yeah, you, and know, you
1: pull the weeds out. You that's get a them good out point. of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So that's the point at which they meet, and everything just takes off
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from there. <laughs> So that's really the setup of it. Um, can we uh, let's move into spoilers unless there's anything else you'd like to say? No, yeah,
1: that's I think that's
0: okay. It. Very cool. Very cool. Because, um, you know, yeah, as Lessa is chosen, I guess, um, after, well, yeah, I get I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, so you said, you know, she's got this telepathic ability and she can push a little bit, you know, using mm-hmm. Stephen King terms, they shine a little. And they push a little.
1: <laughs> and she's got power with a capital P.
0: Right, right. You know, so
1: he, they felt the dragons all roared. They felt some power also the way that Flar would or whatever.
0: Right. So again, so she's the last surviving member of Ruatha Hold, the family that was in charge of that. And she's been in hiding, you know. So she's basically, when someone looks at her, she she doesn't look like she's important at all. And she's, you know... Uh, the work she does, or appears to be doing, <laughs> is yeah. um, you know a surf, surf's work. So yeah, she's a
1: drudge, they call it. Yeah, a drudge. Which I that's, thought was a great name. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. And then these uh, dragon riders show up, and the the guy who's in charge uh, that that killed her family and all that, his name is Fax, and she she orchestrates. Um, a fight between one of the dragon riders named Fenor and Fáx, and um, I thought that was really interesting, you know. So I mean, I, I, I kind of read this section was, again. Yeah, I
1: thought it was Flar.
0: Was it Flar? Okay, sorry yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, because I know That's she it. ends up with Flar, but
1: yeah, um, no, because yeah, you got to
0: have the scene where she's patching his wounds. Right, yes. which is an important. The scene. knife
1: cut went deep, but he had a very strong shoulder. She patched him up, and that masculine <laughs> smell. Exactly,
0: uh-huh. that's you're right. So it is floor <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, couldn't help it. <laughs> Absolutely right. I oh. love it. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> so anyway. yeah, um, but yeah, that that gets me into you know, an end, ends and means thing, you know, because I, I felt like you know, with with her telepathic stuff. I, did you get the impression that she was um, telepathically organizing that or that oh, yeah. she did? That's yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I thought, too. Because
1: so, Flora says, why did he say that? He yeah. didn't mean to say that when right, he basically right. challenged um, yeah. facts.
0: Exactly. I got that. So that made me squirmy is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> there are some problematic elements, and uh-huh. that was
0: one of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: But for me, I would say there were two things that kind of mitigated it for me. One was that she had been, uh, basically abused and surviving hand to mouth with no good guide since she was 11 and the family uh, place was taken over and she'd had to hide in with the watchware and, um, just exist as a drudge. And, um, So she'd had no moral guidance, and it didn't seem like she had it in her compass. Except she had one goal, which is to get her family's hold back, right? And Mm. then and avenge her family, essentially. Mm. And then the other thing was when they caught her doing it later, when she was trying it out on the people at the. She's back, and she's you know at the where, and she's um, uh, in power because she's impressed. Ramoth, I guess, is how you say her name. She's kind of trying to nudge. She's like, if I just nudge this guy a little, and Flora can feel her doing it, and he, he's like, that's what you're doing. Don't you ever do that. And so a really clear moral path is set that that is wrong.
0: That's you're very not true. To that's very ever true. ever influence
1: people. Right. And so in that sense, because of those two things, I felt that it was not being just left out there as something that was okay. Mm-hmm. It was just... um it hadn't been corrected yet because she doesn't ever do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, not in this book, right?
1: She yep. may in other books. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I'm now. not sure
0: either. But um, but yeah, you're you're very right. So it is recognized as uh, squirmy, as I put it. Yeah, um, that, it's it's wrong. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not,
1: recognized as mm-hmm. being wrong. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, my problematic factors
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> come from. <laughs> say, for instance, how Flora acts when he catches her doing it, which is he grabs her very severely and shakes the hell out of her. And um, he never hits her. And so I feel like McCaffrey stops short of that. As far as I can remember, he doesn't ever hit her. Or if he does, it's over something egregious? Can you remember? I can't like remember that?
0: any hitting. He uh,
1: shakes her all the time. Yeah,
0: though. there is some. He gets shaking, real right. mad at her, mm-hmm.
1: and he's just shaking her, so her head's just snapping back and forth. And nobody seems to act like this is any big deal. I mean, she doesn't love it, but mm-hmm. it, but she is very strong willed, mm-hmm. and he is—he just sometimes loses it. And it's mm-hmm. almost like, to me, he's spanking a kid. Hmm. And I'm not excusing him because I was kind of jarred by it every time it came up. I was like, I don't feel like this is the right way to handle this. But in 1968, none of us blinked an eye when we read it. Nobody thought about it. It was hugely popular. I don't remember seeing anybody even mention it back then. That was just a thing that happened in romance novels. He didn't actually hurt her. He never you know, attacked her in any other way. The only time that they're brought together romantically, let's say in a passionate embrace that goes all the way and she's not exactly giving consent it's the excuse is given because their dragons are busy Mm. making eggs right and they're so connected (laughs) Mm -hmm. that the dragon passion carries them away yeah and and later he's like if only i'd have known she'd never had any experience this i would have i would have done everything differently you know, so these are all the excuses that are given or the reasons, shall mm-hmm. I say, that are given for some of this uh borderline attack, right? I, I don't wanna call it rape because I it wasn't exactly she was giving full consent, but everybody was under the influence of everything.
0: Right. right
1: and again, yeah. that's you'll still find that today in romance novels. I'm not saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it, going, "Oh yeah, that was all the time in romance novels—the hmm. ones that went pretty far."
0: Right. Hmm.
1: So that was kind of the yeah. style of the time. Now it's different; it's mm-hmm. looked at in a different way.
0: Gotcha. Right. And and your mean, thoughts? No, I, I agree I th- with that, and and I think that you do see that in other writing in this at the same time period. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm trying to think of some things like, um. Oh, I don't know, like, you know, uh, crime novels and things of the time.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah.
0: <clears throat> you know, and, 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 a title's not leaping to mind, but yeah, noir stuff. Um, yeah, I don't have a title to bring forth with that, but um, but you're right. It, it's It's a different time. It was written in a different time. I mean, this book is... 50, 60 years old now. Wow.
1: Yeah, and I'm just going to tell anybody, if they read the first Outlander book, which was the one I read, mm-hmm. there's stuff happening everywhere extremely explicitly, and not always with everybody knowing exactly what's going on, mm-hmm. um, although there's a little more permission given all the time. But people are just swept away, and then later they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's a much more modern novel. That's mm-hmm. just the romance trope. Um Again, the shaking was the stuff that bothered me more than the other. Got the others you. just okay. are carried away by passion, and here you are,
0: yeah, 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 in science fiction at the time, in the late sixties and early seventies, we had the new wave going on,
1: and oh, there was yeah. a
0: lot of very explicit sexual stuff and a lot of stuff that was written in that time, and this is not um explicit I mean it oh no, there's a dot 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 here. <laughs> But other things being written at the time did not, you know, they did not dot, dot, dot. They would very, very explicit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing that's just occurring to me, too, is one of the things that I liked about the book, probably then and now, is you've got to have Lessa be a very strong personality. To do what she did from the time she was young, to become uh, the werewoman, which is what they call the person with the main queen dragon, um, to stand up to flor to contribute what she needs to, to get things going again, she's got to be very strong. And so, I think, at the time, this would have been looked at as a real kind of a, a feminist statement in a romance novel, in that she's an extremely strong person. She's not swept away by, you know, the other people pushing her around at all. Yeah. And she's not doing things for love of flor Half the time, <laughs> she's doing exactly what he told her not to. Sure. Um not just to be contrary which mm-hmm. is a lot of romance novels would have done but just to because no no this will work
0: yeah i'm going to go try it no doubt and um she is the hero of it right she's yeah. the one she's the one that has to do the thing and mm-hmm. and does it well yes
1: but at the same time they're a very effective couple because she is the heroine but he's also the hero they're really together the driving force of what's going
0: on. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. Um, there, there's a nice interview of, well, I, I guess it's an interview. Um, it's like a half an hour show I found on YouTube where they highlighted um, Ann McCaffrey in a, it's a BBC show. Oh. And so it was back like in 1972 or 1979, actually, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but she said something very much like what you just said, um, that, you know, she, you can have this strong woman, but you don't have to push the man down, right? You don't, you know, the man they can be a a pair. And that's a remarkable thing for her to say because she actually went through a difficult divorce. I think in between or after she started to get famous, um, she actually got divorced and then moved to Ireland and I knew that she lived in Ireland and I always thought mm-hmm. she was Irish but it turns out she's she's got Irish roots but she was an American uh, living in the United States and then uh, moved to Ireland um so I learned that about her but okay. um, but yeah but um so that was a really I do appreciate that very much you know yeah. her attitude on that
1: Yeah mm-hmm. I and I didn't know that That's yeah,
0: but it's cool that you, you pointed out something that she pointed out
1: <laughs> well yeah. thank you well it's really because you mm-hmm. said she was the hero and I went well but Flora is just as present a personality mm-hmm. Sure. and so um, yeah. I hadn't really thought about that before
0: yeah and another thing that she said during that interview which struck me um, is that she said that it's love that keeps a dragon rider and the dragon together um, mm. she, she described, uh, you know, how she is, how she was devising the dragons, you know, she's, she's surrounded by animals. She's got horses, she's got dogs mm, okay. and she's got cats. Right. And she's like, um, she wanted an animal that was not subservient, but a partner. And, yeah. you know, so she was lifting. So in the very same way that you're describing Flar and Lessa, she saw the dragon and the person, There is not one person that's in charge. Neither of them are in charge. They are kept together by love, right? And it's not romantic Mm -hmm. love in that case, right? Um, It is a tight bond. And um, they are together. They do what they do together.
1: And Uh, she expresses that really, really well in the
0: book. Yeah, she does. You really
1: feel it. Mm -hmm. And um, in fact, one of the ways that you can kind of see that in the book is Lessa has the ability to hear any dragon, Mm -hmm. which is really rare, because it's usually just a tight telepathic bond between rider and dragon. And the way, I can't say his name, Menmith or Flar's dragon, Mm -hmm. since he and Lessa can talk, sometimes... He'll kind of just, Laurel will be fuming away, and uh, Menmeth is kind of, he's not exactly defending Lessa, but he's just going, oh, well, it's like this. Here's the truth. Here are the facts. It's hmm. fine. Don't worry about her. <laughs> and so you can see there's a real respect because each one, each dragon is a personality of their own, a person hmm. of their own.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's you cool. Know. Yeah,
1: and I also kind of like the fact that the dragon she represents the dragon's point of view a few times, where like um, Les is like, "You're laying eggs already, and you didn't tell me." And she goes, "Well, it's just what a dragon does. It's a dragon <laughs> thing. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. You don't have to be here." Mm. Or um, Men- Menmouth. Mm-hmm. I can't say his name anyway. <laughs> the The thread mm. has come, and everybody's getting ready. And, uh, the, he's telling Flor he says, Oh, this is great. You know? And also there's another time where they're having to stand down, uh, stand up to the holders or the Lords who are going to, they're going to come and take over the, the where because they're like, we've had it with you guys. So it's all the bad Lords who are doing mm-hmm. this. And so they go, and uh, the way they travel is just instantaneous, basically. yeah. yeah. And uh, they go and, and take all the wives of the people <laughs> who are doing this, and have them show up on a dragon. And he says, oh, "We're excited. This is much better than just playing games and doing drills all the time." <laughs> it's like this isn't yeah. exciting because, well, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's their their own people, <clears> and those yeah. are fun little elements, also.
0: Right. So, so, what did you think of the um, the egg ceremony? Um, I thought that oh was gosh. super interesting, you know,
1: it was, yeah.
0: And, um, and violent, no less. So it was like, you know, uh, in a way, well, it did, didn't, um, Lessa say something like something about dragons not being less cruel than mankind or something oh, that like that I don't because, remember. because uh, dragons, she said dragons acted from a bestial need. Um, just, it's, they're just like a dog is being a dog. A dragon is mm-hmm. being a dragon, and they—they um, they are just acting from their their own needs and stuff, and their um, own
1: nature. Yeah, their own
0: nature. That's that's the word I was searching for. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, um, and that yeah, because what and what you see is the problem is not the like the hatchlings. It, the problem is the lack of preparation of the candidates because later on, when Flar's running things, one of the, his theories is. Everybody's so terrified when they're out there with the eggs. Let's put them out there so they can get used to the eggs and we'll Mm. talk to them about how it all works. We won't just throw them out there so the hatchling comes across them, grabs them and shakes them and breaks somebody's neck because that doesn't know what it's doing.
0: Right, right. It's just
1: hatched. (laughs) Yeah, and and
0: Lessa, during that ceremony when she sees a a girl die uh, through a scratch, you know, a scratch, yeah. a gash, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but she was like, why was she standing there? You know, uh, because, she
1: get out of the way? <laughs> Yeah,
0: because it was very clear to her that that was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, the person with a little knowledge would have known, yeah, don't be right there. You know? So, um, so yeah, that you're right. That is interesting. And I would expect, though I don't know in future books, maybe, uh, people are trained and, and know better how to do that.
1: Well, they show in this one. Yes, when right. They do. Where a moth's eggs hatch, they yeah. are better prepared, and it does work better. And in fact, there's they start to talk about there's a theory that the dragon is already attuned to the person mm. because. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I think that comes up later on in one of the later books where there's actually an example of it.
0: Yeah. 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 Cool. But yeah, fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just a really cool She did a cool really
1: thing. Thing. great job with really
0: that. It's, a, it's seared in my memory, that scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. The and you know what's funny is neck. I
0: think it's seared in my memory over all those years too because when I thought about the book, that scene stood right out. I remembered that really well. It's very vivid. Yeah. A um, lot of details I didn't remember. But the uh, the other thing I remembered out of this book over all the years was the solution to the problem. And because back when I read it as a teenager, it was a big surprise. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and here <laughs> the Bringing I, the
0: old wares forward. Exactly. And here, um, of course, I knew it. Uh, and, and I thought it was super interesting. Um, you know, I don't know how obvious it is to folks, but it might have been as soon as, they, as soon as one dragon could jump into the past a little bit, that was like, oh, well, I know where everybody is now. Right, so they, they mm-hmm. have these you know five weirs um, worth of dragons and everything that have disappeared, and they disappeared sometime soon after the last time that thread was here. And then um, it turns out that you know the dragons, like we said, could teleport, they call it going between, and they could right. teleport in in space, but then they could also teleport in time, although it's a little bit harder. Um quite a lot harder, and then um as I, I just loved how all these people they're presented with this thing i mean the, the the red pling is coming, they know that threads started to fall because there's these storms, so they know they're in trouble and they're trying to figure out this problem yeah i did I did love it, and um that she did go back and then uh basically bring them forward
1: well and i the thing I liked is um A lot of this was in the form of a puzzle. We don't know that they can go back in time, and they don't know themselves until Lisa does it by accident, by so carefully visualizing something from, you know, in the past, Mm -hmm. 13 years ago or whatever, when her family's hold was invaded. And then by going, well, now I'll do it here. No, this is when they came to do the search. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's when they first even figure out it can happen. And then, so each time it's like they figured out a new puzzle piece. And when she's got that um, song that she keeps going, but what does this mean? Why is it written? And he's like, uh, the Master Harper or somebody is like, yeah, no, nobody knows that one. We never teach it. Because <laughs> it's people yeah. just want popular stuff now.
0: <laughs> Sounds yep, right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right.
1: Um, hmm. So I really loved the deciphering the ballad thing and the fact that they're just kind of having to put it all together.
0: Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then, um yeah, and this is Ann McCaffrey's first book, right? Her mm-hmm. first thing. And, and uh, you know, she published it in two pieces and then put it together into this book. And okay. um, I'm told that she gets better as time goes on. So, yeah, she's pretty good yeah. here. And then even also, better later.
1: One last thing I just wanted to bring up was um, I liked the points that she brought out about things like if you don't have a purpose. Well, for one thing, I like the thing about love that you said, mm-hmm. that she had said is yes. what holds mm-hmm. them together is love. Mm-hmm. Because that's also when we were talking about Les's abuse of her power. In broad strokes, that's how she's cured of needing to do that. Mm she gradually is able to trust that Flora has her best interests at heart. Ramat's unconditional love is there for her too. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: And so their approval or disapproval of what she's doing with that helps her find her way to a moral compass. It's never presented that way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I think that's why she drops having to do that, you know, eventually.
0: Yeah. And as nice. part of the community. Yeah. Mm hmm. And
1: then the idea that when the um, the five wares are just, they can't wait to get back into action. Because what they've seen is it's been long enough since they've all had a purpose that they're falling into moral decay. And it's really kind of said that way. And I hmm. thought, I like that idea that if you don't have a purpose, you will have that problem. And it's the same prob- problem that w- maybe what military people have after they've been in intense service and they come back and they have to kind of how do I live now?
0: Mm, yep. What is
1: my new purpose?
0: Right. And how difficult it, it, that it, is. It, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's the problem a lot of people now have. I think this is this unrootedness from, um, the basics of life. So what is your purpose become? Hmm. We don't have to farm to eat anymore. And of course we're very far removed from that. But so I, I took it maybe too far back. <laughs>
0: But we don't all have a common
1: cultural code. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then what does your purpose become? And who's your community and all that kind of thing?
0: Yeah. 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 I I think, you know, that's something I think about often is how far we are away from our basic needs in the United States anyway. Um, You know, in Western culture as a whole. Um, We argue, it's like, you know, once we've got the um survival thing down then we start arguing about uh, less important things <laughs> we never we never right. seem to uh run out of things to argue about um but well, yeah but and it's i think the, interesting the this yeah.
1: saving grace for how to how to charitably try to understand a lot of it is i would say in general everybody has the same goal mm. you know mm. they want to help these people or do this thing that's good it's just everybody's disagreeing so violently on how do you achieve that what's the best method and that's where are we grounded in the same cultural values or um, ideas of what humanity is and means that's really what's at the bottom of a lot of it I think and that's why it's so um, divisive now because we've clearly lost touch with the same cultural values yeah even, and we've talked about this before, even when it comes to, you know, we don't even all watch the same TV show on the same night. Mm-hmm. So, you can't even all gather around and talk about that.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we've lost, it's like, you know, we've been far enough from our country's founding, it seems like a lot of people have lost the the struggle that occurred just to uh, have freedom, you know, so... Uh, to, to live in a country where we can, most, most of us can, uh, Mm -hmm. do whatever it is that we want to do for a living and, uh, or, or whatever, you know, how, how unique that is in world history and, um, that we're here and we can do that is, um, special, (laughs) you know, and not a given, um. You know, I I feel like we were, we're far enough away from that that it's becoming kind of mythological mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Yeah. So it sure is. All these, the, these what things is it that the been sixteen
1: whatever, nineteen project, sixteen nineteen project oh, or whatever. Yeah,
0: sixteen nineteen, yeah.
1: Which is taking all the things that culturally we understood from one point of view and completely refocusing um the lens. Mm-hmm and um plenty of people have spoken up about that yeah but it just shows how far away we are from it that it can happen and the new york times can be publishing it and doing a podcast with it
0: right right
1: so hmm. you know
0: yeah yeah
1: anyway that's a long way from uh, dragon's light.
0: <laughs> but yet yeah, related you know yeah yes, well yeah and this idea that we've we lost lost the purpose and and i do like that idea that um Without a purpose, you know, we drift. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, a lot of that's happening well, in today's society. Yeah, it's
1: the point of uh, God creates Adam and says, now, tend all this creation. Mm-hmm. He's given a job right away. And it's, you know, when the fall happens, it's like, well, now you're going to really hate doing this work. You know, you're going to sweat. It's going to be a sorrowful labor, labor to you. Before, it that tells us that before it was joyful, hmm. co-creation. Yeah. That's the purpose. Mm-hmm. So, we were made to have a purpose, and when we don't, we're miserable.
0: Hmm. Yep. Very true. Very true. Okay. Yep. Well, good. Well, anyway, thanks for reading this. It was definitely a, a lovely trip to the past. Exactly. The <laughs> it was a
1: blast. Yes. Both yeah. directions, past mm. and future. And when you mentioned John Campbell, that fit perfectly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrific. Well, cool. Yeah. I'm glad you picked right. it. Well, thanks. Good. I'm glad, glad you liked it. Okay. Um, next up for us is a movie that you've selected called Sunset <laughs> Boulevard.
1: Another trip to the past.
0: <laughs> I this one I
1: mm-hmm. chose as a follow-up to our silent movie month. Ooh, love it. It's the capper mm-hmm. to all that. Oh, cool. So if anyone's going to watch it, they can kind of think about that in terms mm-hmm. of why it was chosen. Not a big okay. secret or anything,
0: but <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right. I love yeah. it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everyone.
0: And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. Talk to you again soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>
0: (音楽) Thank you.